0: Andy does love
1: some Andy. It's like you're inside of my head. (laughs) What is your fascination with Peterson? Welcome to the Trade
2: Secrets Podcast.
1: Dear future me, <laughs> don't go to the courthouse. <laughs> the moral
3: of the story is don't leave your martial arts equipment and your other coat and apparel dimension.
1: Comic book talk
2: by comic book geeks just like you.
1: <laughs> I'm Indian. I like every comic that's ever been made. I would not go to Jonathan Frakes booth because I would get space herpes. Work it, make it, do it. Makes sense. And now, your hosts, Andy Padel. That Andy guy looks like he got hit with a bat in the face. And
0: Bean.
3: If there, if there could be a hybrid, a love child perhaps, <laughs> then that would be
1: perfect.
0: Eddie Isaac. Oh, the, the old X-Men cartoon from the 90s. I love that show. Yeah, that.
2: And Luke Matthews. So the only people that will survive a radioactive apocalypse are apparently from the Appalachians.
1: Really?
3: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I weep for our sins.
1: I don't. I, I bask in our crapulence. <laughs> Welcome everybody to what I've been told is episode thirty two of Trade Secrets Podcast because uh, I'm able to yeah, allegedly episodes thirty two. Um today we're gonna be covering Catwoman by Judd Winnick. The new fifty two Catwoman. Let's let's clarify this. Well and Luke, of course, who we brought back from
2: the dead. Damn right. <laughs> I'm back <laughs> I'm back
1: in the sand. Of <laughs> Oh Jesus. <laughs> and we have uh sort of stolen Eddie from uh after the fact. Um stolen or upgraded. Wow, I can't get anyone in before they say anything. Also, we have Ann Bean with us today. I'm oh your hi. host, Ann Bean. Did you Hodel. just
2: did you just say that uh that Eddie's an upgrade over Joel? No, no. I'm <laughs> saying that <laughs> I seriously upgrade. think he did. Oh, really? Oh mm. wow. Uh huh.
0: Uh-huh. I see how it is.
2: Um I see how it is. The show that uh that it's been well, it's only well, i've only haven't been on two episodes and but that was three months episodes. four months ago <laughs> yeah.
1: okay fine and uh half the cast at one point thank god
2: i'm was. back to bring some energy back in this bitch because <laughs> damn
1: uh half the cast has been on vacation at one point or another or doing grad school or stuff along like or just lines. failing like andy I'm <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Failing but happy. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> Broke but not broken. There you go. Um so standard opening question, Eddie, how'd you get it in comics? Ooh,
0: that's a we have to go back to the to the eighties as a as a young child when I first wandered into a store and read a comic and I believe the first my first comics were like Spider Man stuff. I think a lot of children start off with Spider Man just because, you know, very prominent in the Marvel universe. Um, at that time when I was reading it, Todd McFarlane was still doing was still doing Spider Man. And so that's the Spider Man I grew up on. But at some point I shifted over into it was like uh Wolverine was really, really popular. Uh the old the old X Men cartoon from the nineties. Yeah. Doom yeah. do I love that show. Yeah, that they had uh, yeah. the, the VHSs for
1: Pizza Hut. And you, <laughs> like there was like three of them. You order a pizza, and they'd send you a VHS as well. Yeah, like, yeah, two episodes that's on
0: right. it. Right, yeah, it's awesome. That's Aww. that's one of the best X Men cartoons ever. And then. Um, when Spawn came out, I think Spawn was, what, 94, 96?
2: No, it wasn't that late. It would have been ninety two or 92, yeah. Because it was one of the image launch books, which right, was so early was. early 90s. So it would have been, it had to have been 91 or 92.
1: I remember I bought Spawn 1 with money from my first real job that was not working for, like, my dad's construction company nice. or anything like that. I was detasseling corn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and it was, like, I made $180 after taxes, you know, after working 40 hours a week. Nice. And I'm like, I'm going to get some Comics, awesome! Yeah, and you that.
2: waited till three we- three weeks after the launch of Spawn Number One, and that entire hundred and eighty dollars went away. Yeah, Pretty yeah, much. yeah. They, uh, I, um, I actually went to a comic convention that was like literally a week after the launch of Youngblood One, huh. and all the image creators were there. And I was supposed to supposed to get a copy of Spawn One at that con, but it didn't didn't show up in time. The con organizers were. Because they had Todd McFarlane at the show, oh. ready to sign stuff. To sign. So I ended up getting some Spider-Man stuff and and a copy of uh, Wizard magazine with mm, a Spawn wizard. on the cover signed. <laughs> yes,
0: Wizard. But, but yeah, that's what um that's pretty much what got me into comics. It was just I mean it wasn't any one particular or anything like that. It was just kind of a stumble across comics as a kid and it was like oh these are cool and I got into the stories and for a while it was Wolverine, Spider-Man. And then I shifted over to Ghost Rider. And then um, finally, I settled upon Batman and Spawn for the most part, and that's where I'm at now. So two books
2: about the same character?
0: Oh, they're not the same character. <laughs> Jesus, you know what? We're gonna, that's fight. Those are fighting words. Those are fighting words. Can I make some popcorn first? Because I'll yes. watch this. <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, Batman, mainly is what you're reading right now. I am. I am like, yes, I am a Batman enthusiast. Well, that's yes. that's
2: good because uh, a full a full third of the new 52 is bat books. That is it a full third? I mean, yes. It's, okay. it's close. It's, well, it's 50. Uh, clearly, it's 50. What is it? 56 books now? It's, it's 54. F- 54 books. Like it, it's in fl- it started out at Uh-oh. 52, then yeah. like
1: a few months went, and then it was like, like 40 was 48. 80, then it was like 51, yeah. then 56. Now it's back down to like 54. And yeah. 16
0: of those are bat books. The but new 52 I don't, plus yeah. or
3: minus X. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know what, though? A lot of those books I don't even read. Um, some of those books I've looked into a little bit, and they're not – I don't think they were worthy of actually having their own titles. Which
3: ones do you think are worth reading?
0: Okay. The actual solid Batman title with Greg Capullo doing the art. that's the detective? That's – no. The, well, yes. That one's a worthy too. but there's Batman. Okay. There's Dark Knight. Okay. Then there's Detective. Okay. And then there's Batman and Robin. So out of those four that are featuring Batman, I read three of those. I do not read Batman and Robin.
1: So you're not reading Batman and Robin? You're not reading uh, Batman and the Outsiders? You're not reading...
0: Nightwing I do not know. Nope. Red Hood. I do read Red Hood I read Red Hood And the Outlaws Even though See Batman is not Featured in that one That is a book About Red Hood okay. Starfire And uh, and Roy Oh that's <laughs> the one With like Fire.
3: Disaffected Soulless Starfire exactly. That everyone was really mad about
0: No I think She's an adult I actually like That Starfire An I do not adult like the, who
3: lost Her soul
0: I do not like The Teen Titans Starfire at all um, mm. So then there's Also Batwoman There's Batwoman I don't read Batwoman uh-huh. I don't read Batgirl so there's there's only like four titles I'm actually reading from the Batman family.
1: Okay. Right. Uh, other DC books that are quality. Um, Men of War was before it got canceled. Mm. All-Star Western. I'm not sure
2: I'm, what that has to do with this conversation.
1: It, it, All-Star
2: you're, Western. You're going, you're going on a tw- tangent here. Well, uh-huh.
0: All-Star Western yeah, di- All Star Western had a book in the Court of Owls. Yeah, so nah. they technically kind of co- connected them to the Bat family. Kay. All-Star Western is uh, what, Jonah, Jonah Hex. Jonah yeah. Hex, right. But... Um, uh,
1: what is Ar- Arkham's first name?
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about—the Arkham guy. Yes,
1: yeah, um, it's them fighting crime in the Wild Durbandia. West. The wild, yeah,
0: there you go. Durbandia Arkham, going to get some criminals. You know what I liked about All Star Western is that it showed it showed that link that these prominent families in Gotham have been around you know forever—the For Oswalds, the Waynes, the Arkhams. You know, these are—it's a long lineage of old money there. It gives the new continuity. Right, like actually definitely. some backstory that Definitely. That you know. was lacking before. Yeah. But um I read and I, I read Catwoman because of this uh because of this this cast, this podcast, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah.
1: Luke, what you been reading? Being dead and all. You have plenty of time.
2: Um I'm starting I'm starting to reread uh Lock and Key because I got the fifth Hardcover, and I want Clockworks. to reread the story from the beginning because it's been fucking like eight months since the last hardcover came out. So, um, that's kind of where the focus has been. I've also been reading, uh, Brian Wood's The Massive, which is fucking Fun, yes. spectacular. And, uh,. As of this last week I actually just started reading um, Debris by Curtis Weeb and Riley Rosmo. Same guys that did Green Wake, um, which I did not like, but I liked but I like Weeb's some of Weeb's other stuff. I, like, I like the, the intrepid The Intrepids is good, um, and Debris is awesome. Like it it's only out one issue, so I I mean that's take that judgment with a grain of salt, but it's the premise of the book is uh it's like a kind of a long post apocalyptic uh, Earth where uh, the entire planet is just covered in humans junk and there's actually very little of humanity left but the spirits of the Earth have basically risen up against humanity try in an attempt to eradicate them from the planet and they manifest physically in these like giant junk monsters so they create they'll you'll, they'll have like these giant um colossi created out of like old car parts and big fucking tires and shit and and that's inhabited by a, by an earth uh like an ele- an elemental effectively so sort of like um,
3: wally plus final fantasy movie that was horrible plus, <laughs> <The> spirits of <laughs> him yes, oh
2: one. god Ooh. plus like mecca uh kind of yeah um and it's uh it's really good so far and uh so riley rossmo the guy that did the artwork for Wake, i really did not like his art in Wake. he's um i don't know his style was just a little too Weird and it's kind of sketchy and little, just not. I didn't like it. His art style for this is completely different, though. Like his his figure constructions and everything are still the same, but he's a. It's a lot cleaner, a lot more vibrant colors and and uh, brightness to it, and it's it's really really good. Um, and you know, lock and key is lock and key, so. That's that's kind of what I've I think that's really all I've been reading lately. Other than the massive, I you know I I was trying to get caught up on unwritten as well. <laughs> like I'm so far behind on that, but I um I got I read I'm up to issue I think twenty three or twenty four out of the almost forty or something that are out right now. But
1: that that is a lot of reading. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Because it's dense, too. It's one of the bigger, denser it's, comic it is, books. It's like, it really closer to actual books. It <laughs> yeah. It's comic.
1: Yeah, so. It's almost like Bone when he's reading Moby Dick for <laughs> three chapters. It's like, whoa, 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 wait a second. You mean I actually have to read, read? This is garbage. Yeah.
3: <laughs> books. Man, what this? have you been reading? Books. Um, oh. I have also been reading Lock and Key. I read Clockworks. Um, and it's it's interesting because it's mostly flashback. Don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, but it, it builds a lot of the backstory, which was was interesting. But in theory, he only has one more.
2: Yeah. To go, and yeah, I'm not one more book. entirely he's doing
3: sure o- how, it's, how he's going to wrap it up.
2: He's doing two more actually, okay, because good. he's doing because he, he he's doing Omega, which is going to be the actual end of oh. the storyline. Oh sure. And then he's doing another one called. Um, that I can't remember the name of. That is going to be a collection of one shots. That makes total sense because um,
3: there's a whole bunch of stories throughout history. Yeah, so he's. Gonna, I
2: know that they're they're putting uh, Grindhouse and the other one, the other uh, Grindhouse and the Guide to the Known Keys are yeah. both going to be in this last one, and then there's going to be six more individual one shots that they're going to do, focusing mostly on uh, characters in the past. Sure. So
3: that makes sense that's almost what this one felt like except it had you know relevance to the plot and stuff um yeah. other than that I've been reading really literary comics um I read Nate Powell's Any Empire which I borrowed from Andy and it's fantastic Nate Powell just does really cool things with visuals Swallow Me Hole is really Swallow good Swallow Me Hole is amazing um and he writes about like, very disturbed and sad and mentally ill people, but uh, in a really <laughs> cool way with really interesting visuals. Go read them. Um, I also read Alison Bechdel's Are You My Mother, which was her... She, she did Are you my mummy? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: um, she did a sort of like seminal work a few years back, Fun Home, which is all about her relationship with her father. And this one was about her relationship with her mother. It's the I, funeral home one, right? Yeah. Okay. Fun Home stands for funeral home and I feel like she uh, people were expecting Are You My Mother to be like Fun Home and it's really not I I feel like it's going to take me a couple of times to read it before I make judgments one way or the other but like it's kind of on a first read through I found it sort of obnoxiously meta she's writing about the process of trying to write a memoir about her mother but looking at it more documentary about a documentary kind of it it felt a little it felt a little like that but uh, the more i read it the more depth i find in it and as long as you're going into it expecting something different i think it's all right
1: oh fuck what is the name of that book is it house of the minotaur or uh, house of falling leaves i haven't read it um it that reminds me quite a bit of it because there's notes on the documentary about the book of the fictitious movie hmm. that take place in the book while you're reading
0: the book off that's to the intense. side, it's
1: <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, no, it's it's a I complete sh- mind fuck. Yeah,
0: I, I, I did. No. Go ahead. Oh, I forgot to touch on the other book that I was reading, Red Lanterns. If if you are if if Roar! everybody hates, I know I know everybody. Everybody <laughs> is like I don't hate. So I'm like the only person that's like pro New Fifty Two. However. If you're a New Fifty Two fan, you have not picked up Red Lanterns. You should definitely read it. Uh, it is an awesome book. It totally goes away from per- and, and takes from a person who's not a fan of the Lantern anything. Like uh, the
2: fucking lantern, the whole I, I, the I, whole Lantern mythos is I, one of the, the dumbest fucking yeah, things. I in feel comic like parts. it's
3: like playing on the playground with children that are like, "I want every power."
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, it's right. exactly. It's gonna get it's, boring real quick. Exactly. And, What's you your know?
2: superpower? Green.
1: <laughs>
0: I, <laughs>
2: what
1: about yours? yellow I think I'm Yellow's better than green.
0: I've had that conversation with real like children. Yeah. It's
1: the best color of them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I,
0: and I, I tell you, I'm not pro-Lantern anything. However, the Red Lanterns takes a totally different span of uh totally different look on the whole lantern mythos what does yeah. it do that's different what it does is different vomit is that they're well, well, one, <laughs> yes they vomit rage zombies. they vomit they vomit blood and fire oh in your face when they're vomit. fighting you okay which is which is pretty nice the um all the characters all the main characters in the red lantern court they are they're oh. back, their back their backstories are really brutal and violent how they actually became red lanterns i mean At- atrocious is a Troctus Atroctus. you know, his planet was destroyed. Uh there's Bleas. She was raped by the Yellow Lanterns. That it just was- sounds
2: like he that sounds like he couldn't spell his own name. Atrochus! How do you spell it? <laughs> at- <laughs> <H-R-O>. <laughs>
0: CTS! a uh. Atrocities! It's like. I will tell you what makes is one of the most interesting characters is that he's the only lantern I've ever ran into that has a pet. And he has a pet cat that is also a lantern, that is also a red lantern. And <laughs> the cat is one of the and most awesome things.
2: One of the reasons why I don't like the
0: lantern. Oh, universe. Jesus. It is a great book. Pick it up. Don't listen to what Luke says.
2: Nobody should ever listen to what I say. I mean, that's kind of given. Anybody who listens to these shows knows better than to actually take my advice. So,
3: huzzah! Yeah,
1: They, they. Can, can you do the Atrocitus voice one more time, Luke? <laughs> I really. <Duh>! <laughs> that's all the Red Lanterns <laughs> of.
0: Hey. No, 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 no. That's only the Mother. ones that's only the ones that haven't taken the bath in the blood sea. Kenny, Kenny. <laughs> Those are the retard red
1: lanterns.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, much like Luke, I've been reading the massive um and I've been on a b- real big Brian Wood kick. Uh, I really am enjoying Conan. Um, yeah, Conan's good. Oh, yeah, Becky Cloonan and Brian Wood together.
2: It's a good combination. Oh, but I'm I'm very torn because James Heron was a fucking beast on that book. I loved his artwork. And not. St- I, I don't want to take anything with Becky Cloonan because I really like her artwork on the book too. It's but, just a very different but book. But fuck, I love James Heron's stuff. Ever since I saw some of his stuff on uh, BPRD, um, God, that guy's like, and his Conan stuff. Like, I remember when we were talking about Conan on the show and, we were, and I had mentioned how Becky Cloonan tended to shy away from showing actual combat. Yeah. And James Harris <laughs> so does not. And that's what and I thought that was a better fit for the Conan book. Like he was he was much more uh dynamic in the action scenes than
1: Becky Cloonan is. Mm. But Yeah. Meh. Um what the hell? Uh, I'm waiting for the last volume of Scalped to come out. Mm. Yes. Because it's done
2: now. And... and it's a vertigo book, which means in about four years they'll start releasing hardcovers and they'll release uh one twelve issue hardcover every Fourteen months or so. Shoot me in the fucking face. <laughs> I've been waiting for the next fucking hundred bullets hardcover to come out forever.
1: Anyway, you'll continue to wait. Yes. No well. shit. Right. <laughs> uh, just finished Walking Dead volume sixteen. Oh, nice. Meh. Uh, yeah. I um. I think it's run its course. Really. I yeah. I read
2: um. I re- the I've I read it in hardcovers so the most recent one that I've read is up to 14 which uh does anybody do either of you care about spoilers? No do you give a shit. Yeah.
1: Uh, we'll, we'll say advanced 5 minutes from this point. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you don't want new stuff from or newish stuff. Newish it's
2: about a year it. ago but um but that's the one that ends with the kid getting shot. And fuck that was so boring. Like
3: That's unfortunate. It's the
2: it's just I don't know. Right. Like, th- there's no, there's no longer a progression in the book. It's just, and I can, I kind of understand that. Um, the The premise of the book is that it's an ongoing zombie story where you're just following the people who happen to be surviving in this world. But I think you have gotta
3: put a narrative arc on it, or it's right. gonna be sucky. Mm.
2: There's a point where it, I, I feel it just kind of, it's, ran it it has gas. just kind of run out of gas, and it's I, just like, eh. I
0: think that. You know, it's similar to one week we were having a conversation about Spawn and I think it's in a similar boat of where you go so many issues following Rick and his group and then you just jump to another another group that's maybe they're on the East Coast. There's gotta be a group in Mexico or California, you know, or something like that, just another group and you yeah. follow them. So that you can introduce a new, good idea. right, you can introduce new characters and stuff like that. When you continue to follow the same character, like when you continue to follow Al Simmons for two hundred issues, eventually you're just like, okay, come on, seriously. Yeah, so, and I
2: and I kind of wish. I mean, they they wouldn't even need to jump to another group, but there's a point at which I actually kind of wish that Rick would fucking die, <laughs> like <laughs> he kill I- die, kill his ass off, and move on with someone else. I mean, you isn't know?
3: that the essential thing of zombie stories? You're going to end up like happy and far away or dead.
2: Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, so it's, um,
3: yeah.
1: Volume 16 will change your opinion on the overarching story, and I'll just leave that alone. Okay. Um, But the one book that has sort of done the zombie thing right, or books, is Crossed. Because it's not, um, you know, you're not following the same people over and over. You're following different groups of people. Yeah, Yeah, the problem is that you have to be fucking, like, completely desensitized. (laughs) Yeah, that's...
2: I can't do Crossed. It's like... It's just shock jock. Is it's shock oh, jock. It's, it's way too shock jocky.
1: Shock
3: jock-y. It yeah. did seem like I've only read a little, little bit of it, but it did seem like it was shock jock with some thoughts behind it.
1: There, there's definitely uh, Badlands is the ongoing series, and there are only three issue arcs, and it's it's really good. It's really fucked up, but it's really good uh you guys want to talk about news? Uh, i do. <laughs> i do. yeah, we'll we'll get we'll, we'll get to that in a minute cuz you're going to ramble for a while. <laughs> that's that is true. <laughs> um
3: i'll talk about geek girl con. geek girl con first. i went to geek girl con. it was fantastic. i missed last year because i had to go to a queer wedding. just saying. <laughs> um but i Helped Microtron with his booth this year and wandered around and looked at all the things. Didn't get to as many panels as I wanted to, but so it goes. Uh, it's, it has a really cool vibe for a con. It's about 70% women, 30% men. Um, that it seems like a
1: nightmare to me.
3: Oh, no, it was brilliant. Uh, it, it was in the <laughs> convention center this time instead of the Northwest Room, so it was a little bit of a bigger space, and I think it felt a little more spread out because of that. But um, That can be
2: a good thing, though. Yeah, it was I mean, nice. It's nice to go into a con that actually has a little bit of elbow room.
3: It had elbow room. It was nice. Uh, I got my comics portfolio reviewed by Gail Simone, which oh, was exciting. Pretty awesome. Yeah. She was just like, I'm going to hang out and uh, review comic portfolios. There was a whole room that was sort of like dedicated to professional connections, which I thought was a really nice thing to have at a con, especially um, uh, this type of con, a smaller comic book related thing. I felt like you could really go down and hang out with people and... Show off portfolios. Um, I saw uh, Phoenix Jones and Purple Rain. Oh boy, who were who were around? And I think I really think that and their sidekicks were around too. Apparently, I don't know. I thought they were just really the they Seattle Rain, the Seattle Rain City superhero movement. Yes, thank you very much. Um, they have sidekicks. <laughs> they have sidekicks. <laughs> the I thought they were just really good cosplayers, what but the apparently. Hell is there. There's
1: one guy who has the worst name that I've ever heard for a super it's like no name or I, something I, like no that. No name is one of them. Yeah. yeah. Really? Okay, you okay. know what? Yep. Officially
0: I'm stating on this podcast, if I ever see Phoenix Jones, I'm just gonna kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna do it and just gonna move on and just to say I did it and that's it. And I it's going to be on
2: camera, dude. Yes,
0: yeah. exactly. I'm going to make, you know what? I'm just going to be their first villain. They don't no, have Rex have a Velvet. Villain. They don't. Rex, Rex Velvet. Velvet is their first oh, villain. <laughs> oh, they actually have, okay. They have
3: a villain. Uh, I honestly think that Purple Rain is, has far outclassed Phoenix Jones in terms of instead of like awkwardly pepper spraying people, she's like, hey, I'm going to go on a campaign and talk about like abuse abuse against women and how that should stop. And that's like a real actual thing that she's like actually talking about in a semi-coherent way. But uh, people who went to her panel said it was kind of depressing stuff that they already knew. Depressing. Well, <laughs> here. Wow, uh, what a way to. I'm hoping that a, she can like you know. continue on that quest and take it in, in a useful direction because that seems like a decent thing for a real superhero. I mean, it's to a do. good
0: cause, but depressing. When you say that, it's just like
1: she's, oh, well, she's, she's looking at the crowd. Depressing. She's like, look to your left, look to your right. Someone to either your left or your right will be beaten we'll tonight. Be beaten. <laughs> if you'll notice, pretty much everyone is to someone else's left or right. <laughs>
3: yeah, I don't know if it was that that level anything, but
2: if you're sitting on one of the sides, yeah, it's that guy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but overall GeekCon was great. I'm really excited for next year. I think it'll continue to grow.
0: That's cool. Well, in in my life, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. My I will I will update my quest. My continuing quest to collect spawn issues 1 through 100. All right? After taking advice from Andy and Luke as to far as comic book stores to go to, I have now only missing seven issues. Snap. And I will continue. I think I'm going to have to start going to garage Which ones sales. are they? Oh. Well, I'll let you know exactly which ones they are. Because maybe some listeners could help out. Exactly. collect. <laughs> I'm missing <laughs> issues twenty-seven, forty-three, fifty-one, fifty-three, fifty-four, sixty-four, and ninety-eight. You just want to, and then I will be done. You just want to email those to me.
1: Yeah, I, I probably have some of them. Oh,
0: you really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I'll. And then the thing is, is that it's a it's an ongoing hobby of collecting something. And then I'm gonna have to after I'm done, I'm gonna have to figure out something else I want to collect.
3: I, th- I think something will something will come up.
0: I'm sure it will. I don't
2: know if there's any other comic books out there though. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's. <laughs> I'm not sure that there's any other like. Are there any other ongoing series in the comic book world?
3: Do like, they do that anymore? Yeah. Well, here's the deal. You got.
2: I mean, sp- these stupid little f- funny books are just for kids anymore, <laughs> right? Like.
3: Yeah. <laughs> fairy tales. Also the deal is, is that
0: Spawn is one of the few comic books that hasn't had like, has it started over year after year. That's true. And so <laughs> you can actually, yeah, you can actually collect them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: Rob Liefeld. Rob fucking Liefeld. So this last week, this week, two days ago actually, Rob Liefeld confirmed what I have always been saying on this show. He's a fucking douche nozzle. (laughs) Uh, He decided to quit DC for the second time in as many months. Uh, This time it sticks, though. Um, And so he's jumping off all of the books that he was writing and or drawing. Uh, and in the process, um, so what Devoting th- his life to the infinite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened, what, so I, 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 I kind of followed it a little bit and what happened was he actually, he kind of went off on the DC editors and was talking about how, you know, how horrible it was to work with them and all this, you know, the shit that they did and how, um, you know how he couldn't he couldn't stand it anymore, and he he kind of got his typical on one of his typical ego rants. And then what happened next, which which is what set everything off, is somebody asked Tom Brevoort, who's the the EIC of Marvel or vice president of Marvel, um, asked him, "Would if you know if if Rob Liefeld wanted to come over to Marvel, would you would you bring him over?" And Tom Brevoort. His response was, uh, it wasn't, like, mean, but he said, after after this kind of Twitter flame out, I'm not sure I want to jump on that train, was how he said it, which then... It, he might as well have walked up to Rob Liefeld and flicked him on the nose, because <laughs> <laughs> Liefeld started by calling him a stupid fat ass, and then this was is a way to get like, jobs, right, uh, Calling him a stupid fat ass, and then calling him, uh, and then saying, or no, that's right, Tom Brever, it's not EIC because Rob Life, one of Rob Liefeld's really well constructed insults was, "Sorry, you got passed over for EIC, Tommy B," and like, like messed with him and then and Tom Brever like hey if you ever want to say this stuff to my face come on out and And Rob Liefeld responded with some shit like uh, yeah anytime but all you're gonna do is like uh, what did he say all you're gonna do is uh, bump me with your gut and so then um, somebody started talking about he, he like made a comment about um, Batman and the writers on Batman and Scott Snyder was like dude why are you jumping on my jump all up in my shit about this. And and then he started going off on Scott Snyder and uh, basically has proven that he is as big a douchebag as I've always thought he was.
0: So how many books was he actually writing? Three. Three.
2: Um, and he was drawing Hawk and Dove still, wasn't he?
0: He writes like, as well as draws? Yeah.
2: Well, we use the term writes loosely here. Okay. <laughs> like this is. Was... Oh, I feel... But, it, you know, I've had... Yeah. Uh, over the years, you know, everybody... You guys have heard my my story about my experience with Rob Liefeld when I was a kid that made me want to like <laughs> that made me hate him. You put him on the list. Um and, and I've always thought he was a douche and people would jump to his defense a lot. Like, oh, he's really a really nice guy. Blah, blah, blah. He's a family man, little. And no, he's he's just a fucking dick. And now it's actually um the thing is, uh, he doesn't understand. I, I don't think he really understands the uh, that his actions affect other people that work on his properties. F- because I'm actually considering dropping profit just because I don't want to give him my money anymore. And I like that book, and I like the creative team on it. But you know what? There's a point at which I'm going to be like, I just can't. I just can't be paying this asshole. Sometimes um, you got to go there. So, and you know, maybe you maybe he should like. I don't want to focus on this much more, but God damn, what like there is nothing that anyone can ever say anymore that could convince me that Rob Liefeld isn't just a fucking douche nozzle. Ever since he was in the Levi's commercial, he's been a fucking
1: jackwad. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, my, my <laughs> counter argument has uh, just two words to it: Savage Hawkman. <sighs> <laughs>
3: And we're back.
2: And Andy and he's has... Uh, he's <laughs> silent. <laughs> so, we just finished reading <laughs> no, Catwoman. No, 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 I've got this, <laughs> I've got this.
1: Okay. Sort of. Uh, <clears throat> so, we've just finished reading Catwoman, um, and
0: I don't... <laughs> and, I don't, I don't even and know it s-
1: I don't know where to start, because there's not really much of a story, per se. I mean, there is a story, but it's not...
3: Let's try to do the most, like, bare-bones plot recap possible.
1: Uh
2: bare bones plot recap Catwoman shows up bangs batman uh, bangs batman oh, yeah.
1: gets her fence killed
2: yep and then uh fights a bunch of corrupt cops Fights a bunch of corrupt cops that's and no. wait that's no no no, it's, uh, no, no, no. It's don't forget it's bone or is it bone
1: yeah bone. yeah bone <laughs> that's right so i was
3: like bane wait no no
1: yeah bane is a much better villain
2: um
0: bone just needs some moisturizer he's a copy of the, what black mass jigsaw <laughs> he, i was gonna and... say
2: jigsaw he's like a f- straight up ripoff of jigsaw from he looks fucking like the
0: punisher thing, but oh wait and red skull oh yeah red skull that's right yeah, yeah. There you go. basically any villain who wears a or who uh whose face is, whose fucked face up. is yeah pretty much like uh
2: what was the what is is, it, is his name jigsaw the dude from fucking dick tracy with the prune face Really? Well no, it's a different no, there's guy. There's another it's guy. It's another guy. I can't remember from Dick Tracy that uh, has the the like scarred up no, face, no, and no, I can't no, remember no. his name. Jesus Christ! Don't let's not. Okay. So while you think <laughs> Steve of that, Stephen McQueen. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that I didn't think I would say when I uh, when I started this reading. This is that. Um the writing is not actually as bad as I thought. No, the was writing's be.
1: okay. Yeah. Uh
2: it's it's okay. It's not spectacular, but it's also not it's not bad. I think where this I think where this book loses me is is the artwork. And the thing about the artwork is that it's it's not bad artwork. Guillaume March he has talent, but he misappropriates it. <laughs> like <laughs> That's he, well uh, said, sir. Very diplomatic. Um the it's it's especially bad in the first issue which i think is one of the reasons why this book got panned so badly was because he went so far over the top with the crazy poses and the half-naked Selena Kyle and can I the totally naked Selena?
0: Wait, no.
3: Break down the first page in a deconstructive fashion.
2: <laughs> sure.
0: So boobs.
3: This is. I think this is why exactly what Luke's talking about. This got slammed so much. So it's four panels, and there's an interior monologue that's going on, and the her dialogue. It's like she's leaving her house because people are gonna come mm. bust in and. They're going to try to find her and kill her, and she'll already be gone. And she says, wardrobe mittens, talkie talk and babies, which is like her getting her stuff on and her cell phone and her kitties. Um, but in none of the panels do we see her face. Yep. Um, n- most of the panels, and actually all of the panels, have a shot of her red bra. She's getting her cat suit on. Um, They're all very sexually suggestive and um, because we don't see her face and she's talking about objects, there's this like kind of overwhelming theme of like objectification. If you needed to know what objectification is, it's right there.
2: Yeah. And then it's punctuated by the, by this like fucking um, Schindler's List aesthetic where everything in the scene is very mildly colored or, you know, very washed out except, the bright red bra. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're immediately, the entire scene, not only just the fact they're not showing her face, but they're immediately and purposely drawing attention to her breasts the yep. whole fucking time.
0: It's not exactly a bad thing. <laughs> hey, I, I'm breasts not a, are good, that objectification is bad if
3: it's supposed to be a book where we're reading from Catwoman's yes. perspective and yes. we're supposed yes. to be like empathizing with her and not being like, oh man, she has nice tits, right? I, I ain't, I ain't I ain't arguing against' <laughs> I ain't arguing oh, yeah. against some
2: GNA yeah. here and there, right <laughs>
0: there
2: is. Um, but then and then there's it, it goes on like it's not just that whole objectification thing it's that he like everything is just an ounce too far over the top right just, like
3: I was saying earlier, if you took some of her poses and then like straightened her body out. Out of the really absurd like sidekick that she's doing, I feel like one leg would be longer than the other, and her torso would yeah. be like four feet tall. I, actually page, like, I like that
2: pose. Page four of the comic, she's doing a broken back spider fucking It's a Spider-Man weird pose. pose. It, it is a, it, it's, it's a spider
3: pose. And I think Spider-Man's poses are equally idiotic, to be fair. Like, yeah. So uh, uh, In actually, Doug Tenapple's webcomic Rat Fist, he makes fun of Spider-Man poses, and at some point Rat Fist is in this really contorted thing, and one of the other characters is like, why are you doing that? He's like, I don't know. I just wanted to see if I could get in this pose.
2: There's also, there's also something that I... I I'm going to comment on something really quick and then move on. Um, I, I hate the cats. I hate the inclusion of the cats. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Because one, she's got 15 fucking cats crammed into this little tiny fucking thing. I'm has it in, shown up. And, know, in, right? <laughs> and in every scene one of them is falling out to its death. <laughs> I mean, she's jumping off a rooftop here, and there's a cat next to her that's just gonna die.
0: But and it doesn't, but in, it manages to in, land on her shoulder.
2: In every that. fucking scene, there's cats that are going to die. That did
3: bother me. She's not like she has a personal relationship with her cats. Yeah, like, every cat like, owner I know would be oh, horrified.
2: I'm, okay, a cat, so, I'm a cat woman, so I gotta have cats right. with me. Well, you like, know,
1: so we're talking about the inside of the thing right now, but I want to go back to the cover of the graphic novel, right? and just point out a couple of major flaws which is also like the physics? cover of whoa, 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 the whoa, whoa, first physics? issue of the comic okay. book so she, she's a jewel thief you know a cat burglar who big surprise there she is the worst jewel thief on the face of the planet she's got a pouch of diamonds that she is just letting fall she's out pouring all of herself yeah but the thing that really bothered me the most is if you look at the cover art and the goggles that are on the cover art how are they reflecting the diamonds if they're facing the opposite uh-huh. direction oh, oh no wow.
3: now is oh, ruined no. forever
1: yeah oh. All kind of the goggles are reflecting the
2: diamonds and the
1: boot that is to her right on the cover is hovering in midair air yes. because there's no way that it could sit on that ledge like that correct that's true um correct let's see what else can we, That's actually you know
2: it's actually funny that you point out that those are goggles because every time I've looked every time I've just glancingly looked at this scene I thought that was a bra like laying <laughs> just on a ledge further down <laughs> that's away that's from her it's a bra, very bra.
3: tiny bra a very tiny bra on the no, ledge No,
2: just farther away okay. like i was uh, gotcha. perspective well, shit
3: well i think i didn't notice some of that because i was so distracted by her breasts because if you straightened them out they would be wedge-shaped
2: yes yes yes
0: they they get they, they change size they too. do they get really yeah. really they're really really big on the cover they're small in some panels they're bigger in other yeah, panels. whatever
2: they it's, it's a plot device i guess yeah. or something you know, it's her magic
3: power yeah she um, can
0: make her boobs larger and smaller it's awesome <laughs>
3: like a okay, rebooted
1: I, separate wife. So uh, <laughs> the one other thing that I would like to point out about the cover is I'm not sure how she's not falling off like the ledge that she's on.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, we don't. A good portion of her body is actually on that ledge. Yeah, see, I, her yeah. head
1: is actually resting
2: on, a, on another ledge. On another yeah, ledge so so is that, it? Yeah. yeah, it is. There's yeah. a ledge underneath her head. But that's but that's perfect. Like We're sitting oh, yeah. here debating it because it's it's so poorly done. Um, and I, d- I also don't understand the virtual reality Gotham in the background either, but um, that doesn't... I that's, feel like... That's stylistic whatever. In
3: general, the artist sacrificed clarity for added drama and hypersexuality. Sure.
2: So, I really, I really think... I really feel like the first issue of this comic botched a lot of chances. Mm. That they tried to repair in later issues specifically her relationship with Lola for one um and one of the things that that bothered me about this was the int- the introduction of Lola who looks she
0: Lola's built like a Professional softball she's, player. Yeah. <laughs> she's built she, like a brick I mean, shit She house. is. She is. That but is a big girl. But that's the thing. It, she's I, not. I get the fat. impression. No, she's, she's not that like really She's solid. Like solid.
2: She's, I get the impression that she's supposed to be. I, I'd say in her late thirties, early forties. 40s, 40s. Right. 40s. Probably forties. 40s, yeah. Forties. 40s. 40s. And one of the things that really bothers me about the introduction of this character is that she is. She's older. She's a little heavier. Um, so, as you say solidly built and the way they introduce, r- introduce her is for selena kyle to say her name is lola and she was actually a, she actually was a showgirl no bull really a showgirl as though someone who aged out of being a showgirl couldn't you know like we would never believe it right and that, i'm like it all as to song what her name was lola she
3: was
1: a showgirl Copacabana? cabana uh, Again, oh, I feel go. like...
3: Never caught that, but still. I feel still. like that was probably a, a witty thing that Judd Winnick was trying to do that got somewhat undermined. Undermined big time. By the presentation? Like, um, I also think he could have phrased the dialogue a little bit differently so that we would have gotten the, hey, Copacabana. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, And it's funny because the rest of this issue, there are there are some scenes that are overly sexualized, but... That advance the plot, yeah, which doesn't bother me. For example, the one where she's she's being the sexy bartender chick to get like to get close in with to, the, the, to get yeah, close to close the guy the that guy. she wants to destroy, so yeah. he can take his eye out. I'm totally okay with that That's because purposeful because that is true to the Catwoman character, right? Like she she does that. She uses her sexuality um, in certain instances as but, a weapon, but in the scenes where she's not purposely using her search sexuality as a weapon, it is unnecessary to further over sexualize her. Um it it becomes gratuitous at that point. And it undermines it undermines scenes like that one where she's using it as as a weapon, right? It's cause then you just like I don't know, it just I
3: felt like it instead of not having her being really sexual in the other scenes, it's like they they disambiguated her being badass and using her sexuality versus her being sort of internal by like how much she's crying. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> it's like not that she's any less like, sexual, just that she's crying more, and that yeah. means she's having feelings.
1: Yeah. So let, let's go into issue two at this point for a second. And the I just second went, half of the sex scene. Uh, no, I don't care about that at all. I want. To, I want to talk about the worst held guns <laughs> on the face oh, of the world. Jesus, Jesus hey, Christ! Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: how you point with, guns. with guns. That's how you point and punch You're with guns. Punch. Uh, Anna and and I were it's about not it before even for the
1: show. And it's uh, apparently Muay Thai <laughs> pistol style. <laughs> like I really expect this guy with the two pistols to knee someone in the face.
0: No! So, yeah.
1: to briefly explain to those who have not read or will not read this. Um, Imagine a Muay Thai fighter with his hands sort of held up. Now like put, Adon in Street Fighter. A, Adon in Street Fighter is a very good reference point. Now put two 9mm in his hands. <laughs> I don't know how that's supposed to be accurate or intimidating that you're going to miss well, no not, matter how you shoot. So, if he pulls the trigger he is going to break his wrists yeah. or elbows.
2: Or he's just going to lose the guns because like that's the one thing that has always aggravated me about like this isn't even like quote unquote gangster style where you, you know they're turning the guns sideways because it's double gangster size. Yeah. It's. He's like. Especially the gun in his right hand is at such an angle that it's not even. That when it recoils, he's just going to drop it. It's going to get propelled into him. Well, they it's
0: actually. Rude. It depends on. You know, if they're actually 9mm, he could probably actually make that work. But if anything, they're anything like a bigger than that anything, yeah. 40. Yeah, that's yeah. going to fly out his hand. And, uh, <laughs> it's going to impact the, on the ground. Exactly. It's Another gonna be, round's going to go off. It's going to be brutal. He's going to get shot in the tow. I, I, I will say this. You know, we were talking about this earlier, too. Um, It's a scene with Bruce Wayne and Catwoman, and whether Catwoman actually catches him off guard or if he kind of plays into it. And... This next scene where she actually, while she's got his her legs up on his shoulders, bends over. And just him. <laughs> so I'm ridiculous. not. You'd
1: have to be a contortionist.
0: There is. I don't think there's any way. No, no matter, spine. No, she no, would have yeah. to have a
1: broken
2: back and a couple of broken ribs to make there that happen. Is, I just cannot see Punctured that lung.
0: happening. That is incredible flexibility. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, it's damn. And, sick. and Wait, I really are you think about that
0: where if she's kissing Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is. That is absolutely... Also,
3: I think that her breasts and his head are taking up the same face space. They are. <laughs> they are.
0: And if her breasts were actually as big as they were in the scene before where she's the bartender, that also makes that somewhat impossible.
2: Yeah. I'm just And, and what's what's aggravating about all of this is that the writing... Uh, I, I wonder... I want to know... I, I would I would love to see Judd Winnick's script because yeah. clearly he's, you know, at some point he has to communicate some of this to the uh, to the uh the drawer the, the artist the drawer. and uh and tell, you know, what kind of things he's trying to convey in the scene. And I feel like I feel like March is just taking his direction and being like, "Oh, fuck it, I'm going to crank it up to 11." I'd be curious and to see how much of that that's was why, in there. And that's why I want to see it because the writing in and of itself, I like. I like this this whole setup where she attacks the Russian guy and then draws him into an open space, drawing both of the factions of this Russian mafia into an area where they're going to confront each other, and then she sets it all off by a room full of guys with guns, and she tosses a couple of firecrackers in there, and it freaks mm-hmm. them out, and they Good. start shooting each other. Like, that that progression was actually really cool. Like, and I like the way that they played it out. But then again, the whole scene gets just completely undermined by the, by the fucking artwork and the way that it's, it wasn't as
3: clear. Yeah. And
2: we were talking, Anne and I were talking earlier, like March, his figure constructions are generally good. His, and his style is good. He's clearly a, Good artist. Mm-hmm. I I actually really like, even though sometimes they come out overly cartoony. I like how he handles his facial expressions because he does convey really kind of complex things with his faces. But then he he just like his his artwork is good. His design work is bad.
3: Yeah, he needed to dial it down a few notches, and yeah. then it
0: would have been great. In this in this panel where they introduced Bone, the next the next sheet is another cover, mm-hmm. and. Catwoman goes absolutely the the look. I, I mean, I understand what you are trying to do, but she's like absolutely not human anymore. She's more feral than anything. Sure,
3: hmm. which is I think appropriate for the Wait, issue. There, right, right,
0: which is which was which is great for this. That I mean, like I'm touching on a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, you could have definitely created a de- a better villain than Bone. <laughs> yeah. whose Bone
1: name, looks like Von Struck, uh, Strucker from Shield. Yeah, or his from name Hydra, is sorry. Lewis Ferryman.
2: Well, I, and I think. I actually, I kind of liked, I, I liked the way they introduced Bone because I think the whole purpose of Bone is to be, it's not to be like a a big, dangerous villain. He's just supposed to be a, a foil that creates a
0: situation, right? Right.
3: And, to, I feel like he was almost appetizer to the entree that was uh, Reach.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know what what we didn't see is you know, if you go back right before they introduced bone, there's a, a panel where she gets throwing against the wall. Her next uh, her next snapping, yeah. yeah it it's, should it's, she, she should be no, dead. Yeah, she she uh, should be dead. That's it's That's details. just a very odd <laughs> that's just a very odd angle.
3: Uh yeah, traditionally uh, I, that kills you. Traditionally
0: that yeah, that, that yeah. kills you. Um and then she gets her wait, she actually gets her back broke, bang, uh Batman style in like yeah. panel three. So
3: She's wow. real bendy. She
0: doesn't have a spine. Oh, we have established oh, this. That's, right. that's right. No spine. So
2: in this first trade, there's basically two arcs. There's two short, I think, two or three issue arcs. Vignettes. The, first, the first arc is um, her, like, the whole Russian mafia thing and then the bi- the bone interjecting. And the the Russian mafia thing seems like the only reason it's there is to introduce... Uh, her relationship to Bruce Wayne slash Batman and her relationship to Lola, yeah. And then when Bone steps in, um, that's the the inciting event for Catwoman's ongoing character arc, which is Lola getting killed. Mm-hmm. My problem with the way that this has been handled is that the first arc, you get the you know you, they they successfully give you the sense that Catwoman is like reckless Mm. and because of her reckless nature she gets lola killed in at least in her mind um the second arc in the book starts and like erases all of that erases all of the work that was done in the first arc her remorse for getting lola killed her um you know her there's no there's no growth from it because you would think that the whole purpose of that is to teach her that she needs to dial it down mm-hmm. and she doesn't she flat out doesn't the, the she kind of dials it down for about half an issue and then the moment she gets more money in her hands she she it's like everything's erased and you don't even get you don't even get an inner monologue of her going maybe I shouldn't i mean you kind of get that that oh i'm fucking things up but i don't care yeah. uh, you know and it's actually kind of aggravating because that first arc with with Lola I I actually liked it. I actually mm-hmm. liked the way that it was handled, but then then you just you get her after that being like
3: oh fuck it whatever. <laughs> I really think this would have been more effective if they'd done more work combining the two arcs and making it a longer arc yeah. because I felt like Lola's death wanted to be sort of a midpoint of an arc, not, not an inciting the incident. It's like, it's,
0: yeah, it's, like the, it's almost the very beginning. It's this shit that bothers me.
3: Like I'm looking at a page that
0: b- is it's between crotch.
2: Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> the fight between Reach and and uh, and Catwoman. Catwoman appears in two scenes that dominate three quarters of the page, and both of them are open, spread eagled crotch shots. Like, for fuck's sake, you can draw her in a different position. For Jesus Christ. I mean, like I said, I'm not a she's I'm not going to argue against TNA or anything but fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's definitely presenting. <laughs> she's definitely pre- yeah. Definitely presenting well, I think I doubt. think
3: the the core issue is like we're supposed to be on Catwoman's side and if she's not learning from her mistakes and if yeah. she's being shown consistently over-sexualized, it's really difficult to get in her head.
2: I and I think <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the, <laughs> or maybe it's a little too easy. Yes, maybe too uh, easy. One of the things, and and it's it's this exact transition right here with her, where <laughs> she looks up like Betty until, up until this point, this this is encompassing everything from the first encounter with the Russians through Bone, through Lola's death, through uh, her cover, trying to cover up Lola's death uh, to her fight with Reach. She she gets finished with the fight with Reach. Knocks her out, opens the bag of money, realizes that it's dirty cop street money, and then after a score like this, the best course of action is to to lie low, get out of town, stay quiet, don't make any big moves, don't flash it around.
0: Ah, but what's the fun but what's, in that? The, fun what's in that? the fun in that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then it's and that's literally the moment where the character lost me. I think... I'm like.
3: I would have bought that if she was intentionally trying to draw out the cops. That's
1: true.
2: Yes, that's true.
3: And I would have bought that, like you said, if this had been a longer arc, and
2: this had been the scenario that got Lola killed. Right? Where's the fun in that? And then Lola gets killed, oh, and then yeah. she tries to like that
3: would have been great. That would yeah. have been resonant.
2: Yes, but now you've you have completely undermined all of the emotional impact of Lola's death and everything that that happened in that first arc. And and again, the artwork is so, so.
0: To go back a couple pages to her fight with Reach, there's there's <laughs> some one things. There's just, just like one. There's well, there's a couple of physical of of physics <laughs> aspects that are totally ignored here. But for the fact that she puts, that Reach puts Catwoman, I don't know.
1: A mile and a half? A mile the, and a half. Yeah, I think she says half a mile. Half, half a mile, mile, mile in the air. It which really looked, doesn't matter after about yeah. a thousand feet. Right. <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly, with no parachute. But Catwoman, being the innovator that she is, on the way down just happens to be within range of a crane that she snatches her whip onto. And the only thing it does is dislocate her shoulder. That is what. So what amazes
2: me. What amazes me is that it dislocates her shoulder, and she's still able to keep a grip on the on the, uh, yeah, on on the whip. Right. The whip. Um, she
0: keeps a grip on the whip. Yeah. This this is Catwoman is absolutely incredible. Whoever trained her definitely needs to no train shit, a lot right. of other people.
2: Um. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I mean that that kind of stuff.
2: There's I mean it's just I, I can let that shit go well, to some degree
0: but well, I mean this is the thing they're making okay I'm a, I'm a huge Batman fan and they're really giving her Batman-esque properties and the reason why I say that is because here she is she's a pretty much a normal human being you know with increased agility and that type mm-hmm. of stuff and they're putting up her her up against a a metahuman somebody with obvious physical abil- you know abilities uh-huh. and that is that is a consistent uh, Batman piece you know, mm. or a consistent Bat family piece as far as right. Robin, Nightwing all of them and they're sucking Catwoman into that and instead of allowing Catwoman to take off on her own and be her own character I think they're mm. still taking little pieces of the Bat family and, and putting them into Catwoman
3: Do you think they're trying to make her appear more heroic in that way or do you think they
0: just can't come up
3: with a different plot
0: Right, I, I, no I think they're, they they can't come up with something to separate her totally, of course she exists because of Batman mm-hmm. right, however Giving her, her own book is a chance to allow her to separate herself from from them. Yeah. I mean, you could have started this story off where she's not even in Gotham anymore. She's in a totally different city. Hmm. you know. And then now you you allow her to build on that, that she's in a totally different city. She's doing her Catwoman thing there.
3: It would have been interesting if she actually had lied low and gotten But see, yeah, exactly, away. Exactly. But,
0: but now the- keeping her in Gotham allows, who? guess who, to make an appearance in her yeah. book. Batman. You know what I mean? It's...
2: That is actually one of the things that um, that's a that's a core flaw in the new Fifty Two, in my opinion, was the fact that they rebooted this whole si- series, and yet there are some they 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 basically rebooted, but they didn't restart. Does that make sense? Yes. Like mm-hmm. they they said this is a new universe and this is a new mythos, Right. but they started it in. In the fortieth year of that mythos rather than starting it from <laughs> the beginning one. again. And what that what that ends up with is you still have um you still have the same exact continuity issues that a new reader coming into a longstanding book would have, except you don't have anything for them to go back and read. Right. You're still you still have all of this mythos built up—that somewhere in an archive in DC, some some you know group of people got together and said, "This is what has led to this point." Right.
3: This is but, canon,
2: but it doesn't actually exist out in the world. So when somebody reads this shit, they're going to be like, "Well, where the fuck did Selena Kyle come from? Where did this relationship start? Where did Batman exactly. come from?" Yeah. The
0: the Catwoman book should have been a origin, like it should start yeah. off as an origin story. Like yeah. it should have been a you know. We, you know, who is Selena Kyle? Why has she become Catwoman? You know, it what? would have been it would have been interesting to me anyway, um, had they introduced
2: Catwoman in one of the other New Fifty Two Bat books, like they do normally with right. of these side characters, and then wait six or eight or ten months and then come out with a Catwoman book that rewinds and shows you the beginning exactly. kind of like what they cool. did with the two Superman books right because they had the one Superman book that was modern day Superman after he had learned all this shit and become a long running superhero and then action comics was Superman in his first few super runs now I'm not saying they did it well but I'm saying that it was, was at
1: least there was something there with, the, and they were trying to show, you know, the history. So one thing that they, another thing on that note, I, we might have talked about this is that they released uh, when the new 52 came out. The first book that came out was Justice League, Oops. where Batman knew Superman. The next week was the first meeting of Batman and Superman yeah. <laughs> in. Detective Comics number yeah. 1. And it's just like really guys, you you can't even do that. And that's well, and mean, that's again
2: where I, where I, it's the same thing. Like I was reading I read that first issue of Justice League and I was um I was just as confused reading that issue as I would have been as a new reader reading picking up a new issue of Justice League. Like you you're still this this comic book is still showing characters that you're technically you're not supposed to know anything about. Exactly. This is supposed to be their introduction, and I have a. I, Catwoman is a perfect example of. I have this feeling that if you're when you introduce a new character that's truly new, mm-hmm. that's the first time you're putting a comic book out there the writers that are going into it go into it with a completely different mindset about how they introduce that character, how they build the backstory, what little snippets of that person's history they're going to show in order to build the character for a new reader. But...
3: There was a little of that, but not nearly enough.
2: There was a little, but I think that when you do the reboot like the New 52, the writers go in and there is absolutely no way for those writers to approach it as... Though the character is brand new, there's they they can't you can't wrap your brains around it when you got forty years of Catwoman history and Batman history that they're trying now to cram
3: it multiple times successfully.
0: For doing it, I would say successfully. Yeah, okay, but yeah, like like, Punisher Punisher Max is a Punisher Max is a Punisher Max Max. Punisher Max Uh, Max Max (laughs) is a
2: brilliant example of of rewriting a character, and you look at that book and you don't. Need to know the history of Punisher to understand. You don't, you know. You can read that book as a standalone, and it's totally. Um, you you understand where he's coming from and what's going on with him. And this one, I I don't, I don't, I feel. Even though this is supposed to be a brand new introduction to Catwoman, I read this book and I feel like I should have read forty years of continuity to understand it. Especially the
3: Batman Catwoman relationship. I wasn't. Yes. I mean. I haven't read a lot of Bat books. I know they have a relationship, and it's sort of a troubled love hate thing. But um, it was it was interesting how they they, they treated it in this one. they
1: had a relationship. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, Batman. Sorry, Bruce Wayne has a kid with Taya Al Ghul.
0: Right. Um, Who is Raja, Damien Wayne? The, new, the newest Robin's daughter. Okay. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, Damian Wayne. So, you know, he exists kind of.
3: Was that? That wasn't Frank Miller. Dark no, no. Okay. that was that's female no. Robin, but different female Robin.
2: So no, that was all Grant Morrison's yeah. stuff. Okay. Um, the that's I mean th- clearly that's one of the things that we've talked about in the New Fifty Two. That's one of the biggest problems is the fact that they didn't actually reboot right. the entire world. They, they rebooted parts of the world.
0: Batman and Robin. In new. Batman and Robin, it's Damian Wayne, and in one of the books, one of the books, the first, I want to say, the Dark Knight, the first page shows all the Robins there except for Jason Todd, mm-hmm. and you've you've basically skipped all the years of Dick Grayson, Tim yeah. Drake, and you went right to Damian, and went right to Damian Wayne. Mm. So it's kind of like. If you're, and if yet, you're new, they
2: specifically say in the new Fifty Two that Batman's only been operating in Gotham City for like a year and a half. Exactly. So it's like oh. so so, a year and
0: a half. You're going to tell me Tim, Dick Grayson grew up, Tim Drake grew up, and then now Jason you have, Todd didn't, grow and Jason up Todd <laughs> just <laughs> didn't <laughs> exist. Right. So
1: it's wait. So did the Joker kill him or not? Has it said one way or the other?
0: No. Okay. In Red Hood and the Outlaws, Jason Todd did kill Joker. I mean, uh, Joker, Joker did, did, did kill, kill Jason, Jason Todd. Got tossed
1: in the Lazarus Pit.
0: Yes, yes, they, they they they've the confirmed that continuity still exists in Red Hood and the Outlaws. So,
1: yes. it's like so
2: fucking confusing.
0: It's it it is. It is because if you're a new reader and you're picking up Dark Knight, you're wondering where all these other where these other right. two Robins came from. So, here
2: here's something interesting they were with him
1: for like a week. Here, yeah. Here's
2: something that that I thought was actually really interesting was um I was at my comic shop yesterday and uh I was talking to the the guy that runs the place, Chris, about the fact that I had to read Catwoman for the show. And um, I said, I had to read Catwoman. I have to read Catwoman for the show. And he kind of goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and I said, Yeah, you know, I, I told him, I'm like, I was never really a big DC fan, mm-hmm. but the new 52, I just, I've stopped reading all DC all the time for anything. And his response was, Yeah, you know, I've heard that from a lot of people. Mm. And that's. Sounds like that's the exact opposite effect that they wanted, DC wanted yeah. out of this, right? Like, I don't, I don't know a single new reader that was drawn into DC by the New Fifty Two, and I know a lot of old readers that were dumped out of it by it. Um, and it's books like this that that are the problem. Like,
0: well, I, I know another something I was talking with uh, with Ann about earlier was that the the writing the writing is not absolutely horrible no right? it actually it's, isn't it's pretty decent it, but however there are points in where you think that that Judd has made a connection almost i guess with the female psyche in catwoman's like thoughts her inner monologue and all that mm-hmm. you and feel connected like, to her you feel connected but then there's points where you know that that is not like that has not been done for the you know this many panels like yeah. it's no longer that in turn that psyche of Catwoman he, and we re- kicks you out of your, her brain right exactly and that it should have what, what should have been done is that or what may, might be better is that you know with a female character female character uh, her heroine, female writer female yeah. writer Heroine or villain? That's what it should. I think
3: either female writer or more subjective. I really do think that men can write women coherently. It has happened. Yeah, it has happened. But, sure. uh, it has happened. Didn't necessarily happen. I in I don't this think book. it was
0: successful. Truly, I, in this, I think.
2: In this book.
3: I and and also, I really DC got shit for not hiring very many female writers yeah. with the new Fifty Two. I but really they introduced
0: a lot of female characters, which was. You and know, then
3: there's Marvel, which kind of has the reverse problem. Like, they have female writers, but not very not many female, female characters. Chari-
0: well, not very many prominent ones. No.
3: Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, this book, like, there's some really good things about this book. It passed the Bechdel test with flying colors. <laughs> there were, like, yeah. at least four named female characters. Yeah. And yeah. they talked to each other about things that were not men. Um, and they beat each other up, and it was good times. Uh, um, there were some really funny one-liners. I think Judd Winnick is really good at internal monologue. And that's probably yeah. why internal monologue was driving this
0: book. But There's no concept of time either. You're right. That's exactly mm. where I was going to say next. That this, <laughs> I want to know a couple things. One, this is the longest night. This is like Long Halloween. This is the longest night ever. Two, yeah. sh- let's, we need to explain. You can
1: measure it by the color of her bra. <laughs> uh, they need
0: to explain how this woman gets her ass kicked this much in one night and, and, is, yeah. and is still alive. I mean, so, she gets brutally beat up in like three or four panels where, you know, by the Bones guys, by Reach, by the cops, again, in the station. I mean, it's just...
2: The most incoherent stream of panels in this book is I believe it's in issue four immediately after she beats up the Russians uh, that killed Lola. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes back to... so. Lola gets killed. No, she the comes... Russians didn't kill Lola. No. Russians... Oh, you're right. Bone killed Bone Lola. Bone killed Roland. So...
0: She kills the Russians for killing her friend. So
2: Lola Lola gets killed. Right. Catwoman goes back to Lola's apartment, finds her dead, gets the shit beat out of her by, by uh, Bone's gang. Right. Bone ties her to a chair. Right. Beats the snot out of her. Or he turns to leave as the guys beat the snot out of her. She breaks loose, beats the crap out of them, goes to the party to find Bone, or to the club. To the to club. Club, or to club or whatever to find Bone. Has a fight with Bone, goes to kick him off the roof. Batman shows steps up. In. They have the conversation. He steps in, saves Bone. Now, she goes, She somehow, Lola lives in an apartment complex where people can break into her apartment, beat the snot out of her while taking shots, shoot her in the head...
0: Batman doesn't
2: show up. Batman doesn't show up. (laughs) Cops don't show up. Catwoman shows up, gets the shit beat out of her in the same apartment, breaks a chair, and beats the crap out of a bunch of other guys. Still, nobody shows up. She leaves for an extended period of time, enough to change her outfit, go to a club pseudo seduce a guy get him out on the roof beat, beat the crap up. out of him have a conversation with batman goes back to the apartment nobody has shown up yet there's nobody there no cops no neighbors no nothing there
3: have to be at least three gunfights before the neighbors are going to call a cop. <laughs> so well, the cops. so
2: then this is gotham finally, city dude just to let you know i i know but then the cops finally show up here's where the incoherency starts she goes in and there 's that whole monologue about her, which actually I think is probably one of the best parts of this yeah, book I agree. is where she 's going into the apartment and she 's burning all of her all of lola 's things that can tie her to catwoman and she has that little switch in her brain where she 's like, "I can say that i 'm doing this for her sake to save face and everything, but what i 'm really doing is for trying me. to save my own ass and that I thought that was excellent right. yeah. and then cops walk into the room now first of all. She thinks it's Batman for some reason, even though there's multiple cops and multiple footsteps, which I don't know how she how, happens to miss that. Um, secondly, the beginning of the next issue, they show her falling onto a car I mean, clearly she has fallen. She's hit the top of a car. At least that's what this panel looks like In a like position
3: that will break your elbows. That's not how you fall, but that's right. another story. And I'm
2: not, but I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is, what the fuck is this? What happened? Did she bounce off the car and then onto a dumpster? Yes. Like, and once you get past that point, so they show the fact that she was in the apartment, She was, the cops came in, and then she firebombs the apartment, grabs Lola's body and swings out of the place and onto the pavement. Lola's dead body is lying next to her on the pavement while the apartment upstairs burns that had the cops in it. She runs away, leaves the body behind on the fucking
3: sidewalk, (laughs) funeral next day. that has more dignity.
2: And I don't get that. That whole sequence, it makes no sense. There's no... There's no she didn't close anything off. She didn't prevent herself from being like identified. She mm-hmm. didn't stop anything except now she's got cops who witnessed her firebomb the apartment and take the body
3: out. And yet the body is somehow available for a funeral. Well, you know, like well- that I'm is, sure the cops found it, but then yeah, why aren't well, they doing a manhunt to find her? Right. Well,
0: that and that Catwoman was probably 125, 130 pounds at best, and she carries a <laughs> <Yeah>. softball <laughs> player out of that. Freaking, uh, She's I a mean, very athletic. Hey, look, pounds. Lola is at least at least 5'9", 5'10 like 160.
3: That I actually found more believable than the than the. Like, you found it more the, believable uh, that this 130 pound woman swings through the air on a whip.
2: You know what? Uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give her the. I'll give it that can because do the of her athleticism. Yeah. Then she can
3: lift up Lola,
2: right? Yeah. Anyway, I I am I need to stop talking about this book now because because it's a shame that there are there are moments of brilliance that yeah. Jed are. Winnick yes, puts are. in this book. The art, I think, universally mars his writing, and I think there the are The direction of the, the art, dire- yeah, the art direction, and then I think I I have to I feel like parts of it I I guess i have to blame it on editorial interference maybe or something you know and but there are parts where judd winnick shows that he's capable of writing something better and then for some reason that gets blown out the window yeah. halfway through the book have you and guys it's read like,
3: his other stuff no i haven't i would yet. highly recommend adventures of barry ween boy genius um it's fantastic it's hilarious uh and it started out as sort of like kind of sporadic short arcs and then he has a couple of trades that are a full arc so you can like I know that he can develop stories and I know that he can like have good female characters and like be subjective and do things well and I feel like only bits of his writing talent were really able to come out in this book like I feel like there's some Good one-liners. I was chuckling at the like, well, but I did just have sex with Batman. Yeah. Again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, Luke, the most yeah. important question: buy, borrow, or burn? Burn in a heartbeat. I, I'm
2: sorry i I want to say borrow. Uh, I would definitely not say buy. I want to say borrow, but um, there's just too much wrong with it for me to say borrow. So it's got it's a solid burn for me.
1: And.
3: I'm actually going to say borrow, and I'm going to say borrow mostly because I feel like one should educate oneself about things even when they're highly problematic. <laughs>
0: Eddie. I'm going to say borrow because the $15 I spent on this book, I could have used on, like, another Spawn comic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I don't know if that's better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That makes it a uh, three borrows and uh, one burn.
2: Oh, you're doing a borrow as well. Yeah, yeah, barely, I, barely. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't it's, borrow I, simply because I Batman makes an burns. appearance. <laughs> well, yeah, you're a Batman nut. Yeah, so. just
0: borrow because Batman's in it. Yeah,
3: <laughs> Batman's abs. It's,
2: it's <laughs> <nice to laughs> I would say, I would say, borrow issues two and three. Okay. Go go borrow issues two and three and read those because those are the only things that are pertinent to the Catwoman character mm. and her relationship with Batman. And everything else in this book is yeah. not worth reading. So next time...
1: Uh Hopefully, be in two weeks. We're going to be covering. No, it'll be in fucking two weeks, sir. <laughs> it no, might be earlier. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead to me. You <laughs> shut your damn mouth.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to be dead to you much longer, sir. <laughs> we
3: have not rebooted the entire continuity.
1: Geekerific <laughs> 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 is undergoing the new two. <laughs> <laughs> the new two. Uh, we're going to be covering Black Sad. Uh, yes, a Spanish yes. book, and it's really amazing. Um. Yeah. Uh, So that brings us to the wrap-up section of the show. Please rate us on iTunes and Zune. Uh, Snicker, Luke has actually got a giant stack of things that he's going to be sending to you. Sans Shadowrun, because I did not think about bringing it over. (laughs) I'll figure out a way to get a copy of it for him. Um, Follow us on Twitter. Twitter. you really just don't remember how I to do don't this. don't remember you? how to do Would it. Would you like me to finish Follow the us wrap on up? Or? We I'll have have And do it. Are, the
3: main show feed is at Trade Secrets Pod. Uh-huh. Luke's feed is at Geek Elite. Andy's feed is at Math Tastrophe and also at Correct Tastrophe. <laughs>
1: uh, and Cthulhu Hand
0: Luke.
3: Cthulhu Hand Luke, really? Cool. That's amazing.
0: Cthulhu Hand Luke.
3: I am at Anbean Tweets, Eddie.
0: I am at Sambo Black, S A M B O B L A K. Nice. Took the C out because I have no conscience. Well oh, oh. snap. <laughs> <laughs> uh Joel
1: is at uh Superfly? Superfly. No, I was trying to think where he actually was. Oh, oh. not it's here. Puerto Rico.
2: Yeah. Okay. And uh the Facebook page. Facebook.com Facebook. C- slash after the fact podcast.
3: Trade Secrets Podcast. Trade secrets. I'm on the wrong show. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs>
2: I nice, haven't done that yeah. in a while. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, that's that's what I get for uh, being off of this show for four months. To so you goes. did that while you were on the show all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know,
1: I know, I know. Shut up. I'm trying to cover <laughs> yeah, my ass no. here. <laughs> There's no mercy for you of all people. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, all right.
1: Can thank you. You're welcome. Hello. Thanks. You're very welcome. Eddie, thank you. You're welcome, sir. And uh hail statement, we're out. Working powder, baking meter, moving faster, makes us hunger all than ever after hour work is never over. Working powder, baking meter, moving faster, makes us hunger all than ever
0: power after